here. Welcome back. The sixth edition of these micro lessons for you. Coincidentally, like a G6 playing in the background there, because we're going to be talking about pissing up in your 20s. Yep. Something I'm sure a lot of people in New Zealand can relate to. Gee, it's the thing to do, isn't it? Drink, drink a lot. Jaeger bombs, shots. $11.50 for a can of Pals these days. Uh, 12 packs have turned into 10 packs. Things are de- de- decreasing in volume, but they're increasing in the strength of the alcohol. 10 bucks for a drink when you go to the cricket. 10 of those, you're done for 100. But you wouldn't drink 10 because you're not irres- irresponsible, are you? But this is a country with a massive binge drinking culture. It's how we... Um, you know, how we engage with each other and how we interact in a meeting and how we catch up over a beer and a wine and and all these types of things. And we could probably go an hour on that. But, you know, this is something that I was heavily into in my 20s. And I would, um, you know, I would almost, no, I wouldn't enjoy it, but it'd be a bit of fun to go back 15 years and review from like 18 onwards, even though I probably started drinking before that, when I started sort of earning money, um, the amount spent on, on alcohol and shit, it could probably, uh, yeah, it could probably bring a few people out of famine, that's for sure. It's quite embarrassing when you think about it in that way, but it's just a, it's a big part of our culture, isn't it? And for some of you, it'll be very hard to hide from. From some of you, uh, you'll be going, well, I don't need to listen to this because it's not part of my life and, and good on you. But maybe there's something else in your life that you treat like this. Maybe it's online shopping. Uh, maybe it is recurring purchases or two, three, four pets. You know, why, why does anyone really need four pets? I'm sure the people that do have four pets would explain why. Um, but, yeah, we all have things that we end up spending a lot of money on and and for a lot of Kiwis and a lot of dudes and and ladies, lasses growing up, it's it's alcohol. So I've called this one pissing up in my 20s because I did a lot of it. And I had a lot of fun with it, let's be fair. It's a confusing topic because I think we're all educated well enough to know that it's not necessarily that good for us, but it's very accepted in New Zealand culture to to binge drink and to... You know, go around to your mates to watch a game of rugby and take a box of beers. And then you're a little bit frisky and you decide to head out after that. Before you know it, you wake up the next day and you have spent 200 bucks. You thought you've had a pretty quiet night. You log into your internet banking and there's that $99 transaction and you go, well, actually, I did get around. Make it two. Don't even recall the first or the second one. But, you know, I joke a little bit, but it's because I know that these things happen. And it's relevant. To some people, they might be like, this is disgusting. This is disgusting that you're talking like this. I can't, that's not what people do, but it's true. It's what happens. Friday, Saturdays, probably Thursdays. And it's kind of like, you know, fun New Zealand culture. Right, we're off for a bender. We're off for a summer bender. We're off to a festival, whatever. And I'm probably pretty lucky that growing up in my 20s, like, the access to drugs wasn't very high. But that seems to be what the younger demographic uh, have now kind of swapped alcohol for. And that might be shocking for some of the older listeners, but 
this isn't a place to come to to get lied to. It's a place to come to for a bit of truth. And I had a mate who ran a, a festival, and and he uh, not a, not a drug user himself, and very oblivious, naive, good yet good lad. And he said he went to the clean up the next day and was like, "What the fuck are all these little plastic bags doing on the ground? Where have these come from?" And just a massive eye opener to him as to the usage of substances. But for some of us in their twenties, so my my demographic. I'm now 34 at the end of uh, March. You know, we were drinking at uni right through. It's part of uni culture. Then you get your job and you start to get into some of these corporate lunches and the Friday drinks and uh, it's just it's just part of life. So I guess you've got to figure out how long you want that to go on for. Does it serve you a purpose? Is it good? Is it having a bad impact on your life? I can... hand on heart say that it has been good and bad for me. I've had some great times. I've had uh, met some people that I never would have met if I didn't go to some things that were involved with drinking and whatnot. You could argue, well, why did you have to drink? You could have not drunk at them. But I think alcohol is one of those things in our lives that we really need to be careful about because it impairs our ability to make good decisions. And that's where it becomes a danger how many people hungover have made decisions that they wouldn't have made if they hadn't have been hungover that day? How many people have purchased shit when they're hungover, i.e. a lazy boy, if they weren't hungover and they were thinking differently that day? How many people wouldn't have thrown that punch if they weren't drunk? How many people wouldn't have got behind the wheel? All of those different types of things. There's a, a second order consequence, I guess, is the term for those types of layers of thinking of What's the impact of drinking? And I'm by no means a, a saint or a non-drinker. I still drink, but I, in my 20s, I, I probably overdid it. And going back to some of the earlier lessons, I just had that carefree, who cares attitude, and I'm still young, and I'll, I'll sort it all out later, and I might as well enjoy my 20s because, you know, I could be... I'm never going to be 20 again, or what are these shitty sayings you are that you pull out at the time, and whatever excuses you find, but again, it's sort of like the last lesson, you're just delaying the time before you start to plan and prepare for your future, and that's up for us all individually to figure out like where we sit on that path, and and when we want to take it seriously, and I guess if, if drinking is a problem for you, I would say do some work to address it. And you probably got to go look wider than your friendship circle to do that because it's most people would say it's not a problem for them. So therefore, they don't really, they don't then go and seek help to to be better with it. And you're not then going to know who to turn to. So, you know, start with a bit of Googling or uh, some reading and find some people that can help in that space because. I'm sure we've all got those mates in those friendship circles where you think like fuck he's or she's got a problem with the drink and that that happens all the time when they drink and how does that happen and uh, I've seen that my entire life through drinking in, in different circles and stuff and I've probably been that guy myself sometimes too where some of my mates have probably gone like what was up with Luke yesterday and you know I don't think I think alcohol impacts us differently in 
different states that we're in. So maybe, maybe when we've been working really hard, maybe we've been eating really healthy, um, and and it impacts us different differently at different times. So it's something I think you have to be very careful with because what I noticed is that um, if I was say sad or if I was uh, things weren't going well for me and I drank, I'd be drinking in a state of sadness or poor me type mentality anyway and then the alcohol would kind of magnify it and I would make poor decisions off the back of it Um, and you know decisions I'm not necessarily proud of but again it's pretty hard to go back and change your past isn't it you can you can always apologize and make things right but um, you know I'm sure there'll, there'll be all things for us that we've done in our life that we regret and, and I think often you, know, you could probably pull back the data and go, well, it's probably, well, often it's alcohol uh, that's a part of that. But it's just worth thinking, what, what's it all for? And what's, like, why do we spend so much money on it? And, and can we find ways for it to be cheaper um, or to be more sustainable if it is something you're going to be doing for a longer time? Is it just two or three, or and that's it, and then you then you're out of there. Uh, if you know that you know three is sort of your limit before you're keen to have thirty, well, maybe you need to only have one, or have days where it's like, look, I've got some protocols in place. I don't drink Monday to Friday. I've seen that very common in the business space, where people very high performing and successful people will say like, absolutely no chance. They won't even have one or two at lunch. Um, even if they're hosting and stuff, they're like, "Here you go, like here's some beers if you want a beer." But no, not for me because uh, it just it just slows me down. It makes me foggy. And in my thirties, I've ended up getting a sleep ring, and I've noticed like I've now got data to see because analyzing my sleep every night, the impact that alcohol has on uh, sleep, and it is just um, it's mind blowing. I, I yeah, I feel like I probably would have taken drinking a bit more seriously. Um, earlier in my life I definitely wouldn't have drunk ever before playing sport on a Saturday if I had have known how bad it is for me personally for my sleep and it would be I'd probably go to the pub on a Friday for a catch up but I would be you know I might I used to would have had a couple three beers and be like that'd be sweet but what I didn't realize on data terms is actually how laggy I was the next day and yeah, knowing now, knowing what I know now, I would have uh, would have done some of my, not that I was like you know high up in sport and whatnot, but I um, I enjoyed it and I really like taking it seriously, and that would have been a way for me to be able to take it even more seriously. But I guess it's just something we all all sort of face in this country, and it's very easy to just say, well, just don't do it, but um, you know that can be very hard too because then you can feel very isolated and you might need a new circle of friends, but Again, we probably needed an hour to discuss that side of it. And I, I do sort of want to keep it financial focused. But for you, maybe you just want to think about what, what shit you do when you're drinking that is financial related. And it could be that you um, just shout people heaps of rounds or you purchase things the next day that you ordinarily wouldn't purchase or you've got a carefree attitude. And just be careful because your 20s is, you know, it's a, it's a decade, it's 10 years and that's a, you know, a, a big chunk of your life to then go, oh, well, I'll, I'll wait till I'm in my 30s to, to sort of start taking savings seriously and, and all of these types of things. And 
when I was um, in in my twenties, there was ASB had a thing called Save the Change. I think it was, and basically it would round up like all of your transactions, and that's what a couple of the lads would do. They would have a Save the Change so that every time they brought a a round, it would round it up to the full dollar. So say it was like nineteen dollars thirty, it would basically put it would basically you'd get charged nineteen thirty, but it would then save seventy cents over into your savings account. And in some ways that was kind of like justifying for them. Well, well you know, I'm like sort of saving. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh novel tactic, isn't it? But you know, what what things can you put in place that if you are gonna be prioritizing drinking and it's gonna be a, a bigger thing for you and a common thing for you that you can maybe review how much you're spending on that monthly or annually or six monthly to get a bit of a feel for what percentage of your total income is actually getting um, tied up in, in drinking, which when you look back at it, it's very hard to see what good comes of drinking apart from the fun, the fellowship and whatnot. That's just commonplace for us to do it over drinking. But if you're saving for a house or you want to be investing or you want to start a business or you want to build up an emergency fund, Maybe that is the thing in your life that you need to break the cycle and have three months off or two months off or um, you know wh- whatever it is for you and see how your life is without alcohol and see how your financial position is too. And this is something I try and practice a couple of times a year where basically I will do, I've done things before, like I call it like November, so I give up something in November, dry July, um, dry January and yeah just to reset the cycle because it's very easy to you know go right I might just have one or two beers um, but you know there's still 30 bucks these days at a pub very probably very easily or then you might decide well I'm here I might as well get a pizza and then you have a pizza we well, wouldn't have brought the pizza if you weren't at the pub having the two beers now you're in for a 50 and you feel like shit after eating a pizza too and you've missed a, a chance to actually have a really good meal at home or whatever. So what are those second and third order consequences that happen as a part of um, of drinking? And can you, what variables can you control around that that may improve your financial, mental and physical health conditions? Because it's a long life and... If we get stuck in the cycle in our twenties of consistently binge drinking, and that's the, yeah, that's just accepted, and then you keep that circle of friends, and everyone's still doing it. Um, you know, how long does that go on for, for the rest of your life? And I'm sure we've all been in those positions where we've tried not to drink in certain circumstances, and people are like, oh, you know, that's a classic key. We're like, oh, you fucking pussy, why? I'll just have a fucking beer. Shut it. You know, it's embarrassing that these things are even uh, funny, but uh, maybe it's just my circle of friends, maybe it's just the the things that I've encountered, but um, if your mates want to give up the grog for a bit, or they're trying things, like, support them, don't be a fuckwit, apologies, but, you know, I actually had a mate that who, who decreased their drinking recently, and they said after me, uh, afterwards, towards the end, I was like, how did it go, um, did you feel differently, what else did you notice, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he told me some different things, and he said, "Oh, and mate, just want to say thank you." So basically, you and another mate were kind of the only guys that didn't have a go at me for not drinking. 
out of my entire friendship circle. Um, he's like, I never feel pressured from you once, and you actually have been interested in how that's gone. So, you know, there is a big peer pressure in New Zealand to be drinking and to be, I don't know, you know, probably doing drugs and doing substances and stuff like that for for younger people. It's just the, you know, it's just the world we live in now. Um, but you know, you've got to put your own boundaries in place, and maybe as part of that is figuring out the second, third, and fourth order consequences of, um, of drinking, and then what it's doing with your financial situation situation as well. But yet me, plenty of time in my 20s pissing up and stag do's and all sorts of different things and it was, uh, you know, who cares? Oh, it's, the stag do's going to cost 300 bucks to go. Bah, well, you can't not go, so just it is what it is. As, not, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot better at saying no and not going to things that I don't, like that I know I don't need to go to or that I don't, that I literally can't go to or that... The following Monday, I need to be on my A game, so just know that's unfair on people that are paying me good money to work with me, for instance, and I I think about it in a completely different layer of thinking, but you need to get yourself to a point of being able to say no to start with and getting comfortable doing that, and that, that just takes practice. So think what you can do around your drinking and alcohol, because I know it's just it's just a massive part of New Zealand culture. And I wanted to weave it into one of these topics, and I think this has been a good way to do it, pissing up in my 20s. And it's not to say that I'm not still doing it in my 30s because there's a fair bit of that still, but it's with a different level of uh, intensity or direction, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely a lot more in control of it than previously. But enjoy a bit of a letter up with, uh, with the squad and a bit of a uh, blowout and whatnot, but... It's um, something that's a lot more in control. So hopefully that's some food food for thought with some different things from my 20s there. Look after yourself if you are drinking and put some protocols in place. Maybe you take cash with you only and you don't take access to other funds or maybe you take a debit card that's got an X amount of money on it and that's it. But you always, what I do... I'd always have emergency 50 in my wallet and I'd know that whatever happened, usually 50 bucks was enough to get me home in a taxi or to give to someone so they don't punch me in the face or something. But yeah, maybe you want to have an emergency 50 in the old wallet as well for sticky situations should you lose a, a card or whatever or um, you know you don't have enough to pay for the taxi on your card and then the they're blowing up at you and all those different things that happen. So, you know, just think about what parameters you can put in place or protocols you can put in place if you are going to be drinking through your 20s. All right, we'll see you. We'll get out of the G6 and we'll get into the G7 next. Six. 